0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Table 40. Um, Matt Holiday here with my wife, Leslie. And today, well, we're lucky to have Jake and Janie Reed join us. Jake is a pitcher for the Minnesota Twins organization. And Janie is a softball player who plays for the USA softball team. Recently chosen to play on the Olympic team, which now is in 2021, unfortunately. Um, both played at Oregon, met at the University of Oregon. Um, so, guys, thanks for coming on.
1: Thanks for having us. Yeah,
0: thanks for having us. So, kind of give us a little bit of background about you guys. I read Wikipedia and some things, but um so you guys met at, at at Oregon, is that correct?
1: Yeah. Um I'm from Orange County, California. Jakes from San Diego and we're the same year, so we met our freshman year at Oregon. Um and kind of started dating a few months after school started. Um yeah, it's a long story so we can get into
0: that. <laughs> Go ahead. We'll hear. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, we would
2: love we would love to hear your story about um I cheated too and so I and we'll talk about your really cool mission and website and stuff in a little bit. But I listened to a couple of your podcasts on on your on your website Church in the Dirt and I um Love your story and your in your perspective on like courtship and dating, and I would love to hear more about that because Matt and I've talked in the past that we um or a couple of past podcasts I guess that we have the opportunity to teach Bible study here at Oklahoma State, and so you're a lot closer to the age of the kids that come into our house once a week, and I would just love your wisdom and and just some some just practical advice for kids in college or just right outside of college? Because dating now is a whole lot different than it was when Matt and I very first met um, a couple years ago. (laughs) So anyway, we would love to hear your story.
3: Yeah. So um, like she said, we we met pretty early on um, in our freshman year. And um, she grew up in the church. I didn't. um, So we both kind of got to college. I wasn't a Christian by any means. And um, so the beginning of our relationship and, and sort of just thinking back to that podcast, um, uh, it just, it started in a, in a very, very dark place. Um, as far as the things that I was seeking out as a man, um, you know, like as weird as it sounds and, and creepy, but like, so I got to school, um, and we were up there at the baseball team that summer before most of the other teams had gotten up there um we were there early up uh, for summer school and, and just summer workouts and stuff. And so I kind of wanted to get a head start on the incoming female athletes. <laughs> um, so I started doing my homework of um, you know, girls that had um signed with Oregon and had um
1: It never gets old listening yeah. to you talk about this. <laughs>
3: um, so yeah, I was just you know, I was looking at softball and soccer and all the other sports and then I like the um,
2: breeding uh, type of program.
3: <laughs> yes. Uh, kind of. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I I started looking um, different people up who were coming and then I would uh, even worse would and then went to look them up on like Facebook, um, you know, and just started conversations with people, with girls, um, you know, who were going to be freshmen, like I said, just to kind of get a head start. And so saw Janie. Um, and so she received one of those messages. (laughs) I was
1: like, hi. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
3: Um, and so that's kind of where it started. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't like we met and we were friends and we started, um, you know, I guess just getting to know each other. It was more of like, all right, who's a good looking girl. That's a good looking athlete. That's coming, um, you know, to campus soon and that, you know, I can meet and whatever. Um, so that's kind of how it started.
1: And I think like, from a, like my naive perspective like I I just didn't even think that like I don't know boys' brains works that way like like I wouldn't even think I would think you know someone would look at my Facebook and like look at what I'm about and like what I'm into and maybe as a person like reach out to me but I don't know. I, I think just like the that's a big thing that we talked about on our podcast, just like exposing like how different like girls and boys can be in the way that they think and like their motivation behind things.
3: Yeah. Um, and, and like she said, like she, she didn't really have any boyfriends growing up. And so she wasn't exposed to, um, you know, really the reality of what dating looks like nowadays or just kind of what's going through most um, guys' minds, um, especially, you know, when they're, they're getting ready to go to college um, and so she just was she just didn't know. Um, and so, um, we, we started hanging out a little bit and I really did, um, like her a lot. Uh, it, it started as something that was just sort of attraction. Um, but then hanging out with her, um, we really got along and, and we, like, we kind of did it out of order, you know, and then we started to kind of get to know each other. Um, and I guess kind of start dating, um,
1: And, like, my whole, like, since I hadn't had a relationship or had any boyfriends in high school or anything, like, I had this built-up idea of, like, what I was expecting a relationship to be like, and it was very much, like, Nicholas Sparks, like, not from the Bible, like, not from, you know, like, learning about what God says about dating. It was all this, like, romantic, like, ideation of what it would be like, so... (laughs) that was my expectation going in. And I feel like in the beginning it was great. Like Mm -hmm. it wasn't very healthy, but like, I just feel like we were on that like cloud nine, like honeymoon, like playing house type of thing. And then like our sophomore year, um, it just started, it was too serious too quickly. And we didn't know how to navigate that. We didn't know how to like manage it. Um, And so we ended up breaking up after our sophomore year Um, and we're broken up for a year and a half, um, and got back together. So he got drafted after his junior year and I was still playing my senior year at Oregon. And, um, he came and visited during winter break at, um, Oregon. And I was like, let's just, you know, get lunch. And then (laughs) we ended up, um, getting back together and I had grown a lot in my faith, but I didn't have community. I didn't have. Um, anyone that I was like fully transparent with, I didn't have anybody discipling me. And so I was still like kind of just making the best decisions in my own mind, instead of really like asking God what to do in each situation, still really following my feelings. And he was kind of like pretending to be a Christian, pretty much that's what was happening. And I bought into it and, um, thought he had changed. And so we got back together, um, And the first, again, like the first six, eight months were great. And then it's like, okay, now it's like the reality of a relationship sets in. Um, And uh, so I had graduated from Oregon and I went to coach at Biola University in Southern California. And it's the Bible Institute of Los Angeles. And so my head coach became my mentor and was discipling me and pouring into me. And I started to just read the word and learn more about like who God was. And it just showed me more and more, like it convicted me more and more that this like, wasn't someone that I wanted to marry. And so that's when things started to, I think I had I began to pray boldly, like God make yourself the center of his life or like take me out of this relationship because I don't want to be in a relationship with someone that doesn't love you. And I don't have the strength myself to end it. So I just started to pray that, um, over and over again. And for the first time, I think like really surrender the relationship because, um, I think I was trying to be his God, trying to, you know, like turn him into the ultimate Christian boyfriend and it's just, it's not going to work that way. And, um, and so that summer, like, I feel like in that surrender, I feel like God could really like begin to actually become a real part of his life. Um, and so a lot happened that summer. He got saved. Um, All right. My turn. Yeah.
3: Um,
1: <laughs> like, so, are you? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, that, that summer was crazy. Um, and just my career in general and, and really, you know, my whole life, and I'm sure you can probably understand this too, is like, you know, playing multiple sports growing up and stuff. Like it, it just, you know, it really has kind of always um, come easy to us, you know. And so, you know, when my professional career started, it was no different. Um, got going off to a really, really quick start. I was a reliever um, for the Twins, and so had a really, really good first summer. Went and pitched uh, in the fall league, threw well, and then came back my first full season, was in Double A, sort of on the fast track, you know, for a reliever. Great way to get to the big leagues quickly. Um, but that first whole season um, really, really struggled. And, and for like the first time ever, you know, in my life, I just never really gone through that before. And so just had no idea what to do. Um, that was her first year at Biola. And so um, she had got me my first Bible. And so that summer, I remember kind of tinkering around with it. And I tried reading it. I tried reading from the beginning, which, you know, looking back now, was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm reading, I probably make it a few chapters through. Um, I ended up finishing that year pretty well, going back to the fall league and thrown thrown pretty well again and, and just kind of throwing it aside again. Um, so it was almost just like a pacifier, you know, for, for the things that I was going through. Um, and then that next year I came back and it was the same story. Um, just struggling really, really bad in baseball. Um, like I'd never had before, couldn't get anybody out, couldn't throw any strikes. Like it was so, um, just unlike me, you know, it just, again, I had no idea what to do with it. And, um, sort of, you know, just with that prayer that she started praying, um, and that really full surrender, um, you know, I was sort of, I felt led again to to start reading. And, um, you know, for, I thank God that he sort of led me to the New Testament this time and um, started reading uh, in Matthew. Um, and I probably made it, you know, five or six chapters before God really took hold of me and, and, things changed really, really quickly. Um, I I would take my Bible up to, we had this mezzanine in Chattanooga that kind of looked over um, the outfield. And after um, batting practice, I would take my Bible up there and just read. And so that summer um, just really found the Lord and and he really um, got my attention really quickly. And there were a lot of bad habits in my life and and that I was carrying into relationships with her and with people, just a lot of dishonesty, a lot of pride, a lot of arrogance, um, that God really brought to my attention. And for so long, I tried to get rid of those things by myself. And I thought that, you know, when I found the right woman or when I finally got married, that they were, I was just going to be able to get rid of them, you know, and that summer he really showed me that I wasn't going to be able to get rid of any of those habits without him. Um, and so, like I said, it was just a crazy, um, conversion and, and everything, you know, I got saved and that summer, um, and we got engaged that following winter, uh, Christmas Eve. So within a few months, like things just, it was crazy what God had done in our relationship. Um, you know, in just a few months, uh, it was really cool to see, um, just how powerful and how quickly he acted and, um, just, just helping us, you know?
2: that's incredible.
0: I have a question. So this may have nothing to do with anything, but why did you not date? Why was, why did you wait till college to date?
1: Um, I honestly just didn't like anyone enough. Like I would kind of like talk to guys. Um, but I just, something would just like click and I'd be like, I'm over it. Um, so it was weird like dating Jake and not getting over it ever like I was like this guy is like not even a good guy like why am I so (laughs) that was weird
3: (laughs) yeah and it's it's crazy too to just think about like you know like our, our dating life and you know we've been on both sides of the fence where um, like I said, she grew up in the church. I didn't, um, but she didn't have a super solid foundation going into college. And so inevitably, I really pulled her in my direction, um, you know, in the things that I wanted to be doing, you know, um, and, and so we didn't really have any boundaries um, because there was no foundation. And so, um, you know, obviously those those boundaries led to a lot of sin and led to a lot of damage and, and insecurity in our relationship. And then, um, you know, when God began to restore um, both of us in our relationship, um, you know, for a few months there, we we got to do it um, in the right way, in the way that we think God, you know, would have wanted us to do it. Um, you know, like just a small thing, like, you know, there were times where like, we had no choice, but, you know, to be sleeping at our parents' house, but we would do everything in our power to, to not be in the same room or not be in the same bed anymore. So just, you know, things like that that we would have never thought about before. Um, but really we got to experience that, you know, in, in late and before we got married and in our engagement of really trying to honor God and what that looked like in, in a relationship before marriage.
2: I love that. I think, That's true of Matt, and I can share that as well. It's like when the Lord captures your heart, there becomes this like response that goes on to where it's not about the rules and it's not about what people think. It's just you're responding to the reality of the gospel is that he saves us. And um, you just want to respond out of obedience and out of love. and, And as we move closer in our relationship with the Lord, it just becomes, we just get naturally a little bit more obedient as we go. And it's really cool that you guys got to do that together as a young couple going into getting married. And so I bet your wedding yes. was a whole lot sweeter on that day, especially the the boundaries that you probably honored prior to your wedding day. So that's really cool. I love that. And I really appreciate like side note, how honest and vulnerable y'all have been, because I think that these are real, these are real. I mean that your story is going to um, a lot of people can relate to that. And so I, I really appreciate yeah. that for sure. Okay. So you guys get married and you're both professional athletes. And so how does that shake out?
1: I think we um, have done a great job just reminding ourselves of perspective. Like it feels like a long time sometimes when we're away from each other for months on end. Um, But we know like, it's not going to be like this forever, even though our whole marriage has pretty much been like, together, apart, together, apart, which a lot of, you know, people in baseball experience. But um, I think it's been really awesome. Like we train together in the off season and just knowing um, what each other goes through and helping each other learn how to play for God and play with faith because it's hard. Like it's not something I don't think that like you just figure out one day um, and you're good for, you know, the rest of your career. I think it's like a daily struggle of not finding your identity and your results or not putting your sport above God or, you know, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I would just echo that. I think it, it's, it really is nice. Um, just from, um, you know, like, like she really gets what, uh, I'm going through, you know, as far as the ups and downs uh, of the game of baseball or, or softball. So, It's nice, um, you know, just being with somebody who who understands that side of the game, you know, and so it's been cool to to get to go through that um, together.
2: That's awesome. So when you do, so you do train together, is that right?
1: Yeah, uh, at the same gym. So we'll go together in the morning and then um, he throws a bullpen or like, and then we'll go and he'll like pitch front toss to me. So we help each other out. I don't do much on the bullpen side of things. but <laughs> Sometimes not. I do give him a. I'm like, do you want to know my opinion? This is what I think is going on. <laughs> like,
3: not really. Yeah, <laughs> there it
0: is. So I, knew, I knew that was in there. We've had a few talks. But I'm like, mm, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> do, you ever, do you ever stand in or try to swing or try
3: to. Uh-uh.
1: You no. won't let me. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think it would help your command.
3: It might, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm too scared. Like, she's kind of skinny, so. If I hit her, there's a good chance that something is gonna break on her. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is so cute. Okay, so one thing that I heard you say in one of when I was creeping around on all of your stuff was um, the identity in your sport versus mission for Jesus, and just the tension. And you sort of touched on it there too. And I think a reality of, of Christian athletes that um, I've seen in Matt's career is is sort of what you just talked about is that you truly desire to honor the Lord. But the reality of the pressure of performance that both of you guys go through, um, is challenging. And I think just maybe some practical tips would be great about how to honor God and and our identity as Christians. But also the reality is, is there is an identity as a professional athlete that is that God gave you those gifts. And, and that part is, it's, it's, you know, um, it's part of your story and part of your life. And so just maybe talk about some practical ways or things that maybe bring you back to focus on, okay, wait a second. I've gotten a little sideways here. My identity is is in Jesus. My identity is not being amazing at your, at your job.
1: Yeah. I, the thing I always come back to um, is like you said, like God has given us the ability um, and the opportunity to, at the highest level so i work as hard as i possibly can um i think that that's a lot of times the stigma behind christian athletes is like that they're soft or whatever so it's like i'm gonna if anything i risk more because i don't have to be afraid that you know if i fail that you know my whole my whole world is gonna crumble i'm i'm still learning this because i'm so hard on myself and i like hate failing more than anything but I'm recovering. (laughs) Um, but like, I work as hard as I possibly can. I take advantage of the opportunities that God gives me, but then like I open my hands and I let him like do whatever he wants to do with it. Um, but like I said, like, it's just, it's really hard for me. I, I, I admire Jake because of like just the trajectory of his career and what he's, um, gone through in the last few years. Um, and he just like, he truly handles it with so much grace. And I know that like, I can be a lot more up and down, like, you know, if I'm hitting bad in like a DP session, like sometimes I really need to control myself. But um, yeah, that's what I always come back to is like, it's not like constant, like, oh, you know, like it's God's will, like, I'm not gonna, you know, it's like, I'm gonna work as hard as I possibly can push myself as hard as I can. And then it's like, but God, like you do whatever you want to do with my career.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I think like you, you, you know, we say that like, it's bigger than baseball, you know, or, or softball that, that cliche. But I think, um, that, that for me ha- has been sort of the biggest reminder or the thing that, um, puts me back in, in the right place that I just think about, um, the people, right? Like the people, like thinking about the people that you guys have met in St. Louis or Colorado, wherever you guys have played, like um, the fans, you know, the experiences that we've had um, traveling and just getting to play this game. Um, God's been very kind to me in, in providing a lot of amazing people and opportunities and cities that I've played in um, just to engage with the community. Um, and, and so that for me is really like when, but I'm just locked in on, on baseball and the results or just getting to the big leagues or whatever, like that, it's when I'm, you know, I'm really stressed out or um, those are always the worst days, you know? Um, but then when I kind of zoom out and I look at everything as a whole, um, like I said, God's been really, really um, great in the way that he's provided um, just people and relationships in the cities that I've played in and teammates um, that I'm just really, really grateful for and sort of reminds me, um, you know, why, why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I do want to, I, I would, you know, love nothing more to get to the big leagues. And I feel like I'm working harder now to do that than I ever have. And I feel like, you know, the twins are, are in a good position now with a really talented team, um, you know, to to potentially win it all. And I feel like I could help contribute to that. Um, but like I said, that, that's not the main thing. And um, just the the people that we've come into contact with and the relationships that we've, formed um just wherever we've been wherever i've been have have really reminded me um you know what i'm really here to do
2: jake is there somebody that you've met along the way that um has mentored you i know with matt matt's um matt's career there's been a couple guys it's like god has been always so faithful to insert older christian guys into his life
3: yeah, and I, that's been a pattern from the time I got saved, um, really, because I didn't, like I said, I didn't grow up a Christian, um, So, and I got saved in the summer, so I knew I was going to be coming back home to San Diego, and I didn't have anybody here, you know, like I didn't have any friends, or I didn't even have, know what church to go to when I got home, and so started praying pretty early on for God to just provide people to help me. Um, And instantly, you know, I think he knew how important that was in my life to provide those people, especially early on in my faith. And and he did, uh, whether it was pastors or friends. Um, And so in in baseball, I think that that prayer really continued. And I saw how important it was, especially in the clubhouse, you know, in the game of baseball to have um, just men like that looking out for you or really leading the way um, by example. Um, obviously, Kyle Gibson, you know, getting to be around him and, and Liz, uh, two of the most selfless, um, incredible people that we know. Um, and it's just an honor and a privilege to be able to play um, alongside him. Um, and then just, you know, call him my friend and, and to see him, um, like I said, lead by example in, in every aspect uh of it you know with with finances with time um with you know with with caring for the younger guys and somehow finding this balance of like being able to to still joke around and make you and humble you a little bit you know as a young guy but but you know ensure that you you know he loves you and cares about you and, and so um and it's cool to see that because you know it makes me want to be that guy eventually you know and i'm sure it made you want to be that guy eventually and and you know, wanting to build a clubhouse culture like the Cardinals have, you know, like that, that's, you know, that's my dream, you know, of to be able to to be in an organization on a team, um, you know, w- with guys like you and carp and, uh, and just all those guys, you know? And so it got, like I said, God's been very, very great in the, in the people that he's provided um, for us. And, and even with, you know, Mallory and Donald, you know, different sport. Um, but similar situation, right? Like pro athletes, um, definitely understanding what we're going through, but it's just cool to see people honoring God with with all that he's blessed them with, you know.
0: What are some strategies that you guys have used to share your faith with your teammates or um, I know in the cultures, in the in the locker rooms, um, and, and I always felt this burden to make sure that um, that I was doing that I was available and trying to build relationships so that, um, go and make disciples, you know, trying to take that serious and, and, and have an impact on, cause really those are the people you spend the most time with. Right. And so I always felt this burden that there was a teammate or somebody that, that, you know, that God would place in my life that, that he would use me to have an impact on. Is there strategies you guys have used to share your faith with your teammates?
3: I think, um, like you said, you know, the amount of time, even if it's just for a season, um, you know, the amount of time that we're in the clubhouse, um, you know, together on the plane or on a bus or whatever, like there's so much time that you're around these guys. um, And especially as a bullpen guy, you know, I'm down with relatively the same group of people for, um, you know, six months. Um, And so just in, in, you know, a couple of years, I got saved in 2016. So not a ton of experience, but in those couple of years I found, um, you know, just being consistent with smaller things, um, you know, even things like avoiding arguments and, and just, you know, things that I would have engaged in before. uh, I'm just thankful that God has, um, you know, really pulled me out of, of certain things, you know, to the point where people know not to really come to me with certain things anymore, you know, that, um, they just know that I'm not going to engage in them. But I I think just, um, just sort of a servant, um, attitude over a a consistent long period of time. Um, I think it gets people's attention, especially in baseball, because it's such a prideful, Mm -hmm. um, selfish sport. Um, and you know, there's a ton of money involved and that adds to it for sure. And so I think when people see somebody different, uh, I think that your
0: teammates, you know, like even, you know, another bullpen guy, because you think you have to be better than him to get the opportunity above him.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, just, I think it even of like just the inward like stewardship of, of it's not just something that I'm doing on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think about how I used to be like, I'd be buddy-buddy with somebody in the bullpen, somebody that I'm competing with. But as soon as they would go out to compete and pitch, I'd be rooting against them, you know. And so God has taught me, you know, even just like the inward stewardship of that, of, um, you know, loving somebody enough to, you know, to be... Um, I don't know, just not thinking like that, you know, mm-hmm. not thinking those things. And, and if you are to like actively right there in the bullpen, be like asking for forgiveness and help because it is challenging, you know, the, those are the guys that we're competing against, but to really, really love them and to really, really make a difference and open a door to make a disciple. Um, you know, I think I found too, that it, that it comes from like the heart, you know, in my mind and it's not just like outward things that I'm, I'm saying or doing for people, you know?
2: I think that's really interesting because I I think one thing that you two probably share in common and Matt as well, I might be the outsider Mm -hmm. on this deal, but I I find that professional athletes are really good self-evaluators. And so like, you're really good at looking at something and saying, man, that right there isn't, isn't good for me. And then you're Mm -hmm. really good at like exactly what you were just saying. And you're really good at saying that, that isn't, that isn't good. And so I need to ask for forgiveness and I need to, you know, and Leslie over here just sits and, you know, someone needs to bring it to my my attention. But I think pro athletes, that's the one thing that's really cool from my perspective of watching a pro athlete grow in their relationship with the Lord is what you just said I find to be very common is that you're excellent self-evaluators. And I find that that pro athletes can really grow very, very fast in their relationship because they get it. Like, they get it. Like, look, this is what the Bible says. And um, I'm going to take him at his word and I'm going to really apply this stuff to my life. And when I'm when I'm sideways and go a little little off track, this is what I need to do to get back on track. And um, I just hear that in, in what you just talked about, like being in the bullpen, because we're all sinners. And we all screw up, um, and me a whole lot. Matt knows he can attest to that. But I think it's really cool um, what you said. And I hope that everyone hears that and finds it encouraging because being a Christian is not, doing it perfectly it's being able to understand where you messed up and ask for forgiveness and repentance is simply just moving shifting directions and i love 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 what you said and i think
3: i I think along those lines too is like just allowing um the bible allowing jesus to really draw those lines in the sand as far as what it looks like you know And, and um and we can't do that without abiding, you know? And so I think, I think even practically like something small, like the days that I'm not, I'm not prepared are the days that I'm not abiding in God's word, you know, or I'm not, I'm not prepared, um, you know, for that conversation that God has, has prepared for me beforehand in the bullpen. Um, But when I am spending time and I am in touch with the Holy spirit, you know, before I get to the field and even like in the bullpen, you know, during the game, like the days that I am, Um, just sort of locked in, you know, to that bigger purpose are are always the best days, always the best conversations, always the most fruit, you know, with guys in the bullpen. And so, like you said, I I think it's allowing God to really draw those lines and and show us, um, you know, what that looks like. And then, um, you know, no understanding when we fall short that, you know, we need his help to, to repent and to move away from those things.
2: That's awesome. All right, Jenny, I want to ask you. Oh, Does ahead. she get
0: to answer part of that question? Yeah,
2: that's fine. But I'm also pretty fired up to talk okay, about go it.
0: Ahead. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> but I, I want to talk about church on the dirt. That's right. Church on yeah. the dirt. Yes. Okay, talk to me about that. Because I, I, again, earlier when I was doing research on y'all, I was so blown away by this idea. And I just can't wait for you to talk about it.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I think ever since, um, kind of tie those two answers together. Like I kind of talked about, I'm I've been an emotional player, uh, my whole life and never knew how to control it. But I remember having this like come to Jesus moment, um, it, at the very beginning of my senior year of college and kind of thinking like, there are people suffering all over the world. And I spend, you know, my whole every day trying to become a better softball player. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like what, where is God in all of this? And should I be doing something more meaningful with my life? And I feel like that was the first time, like, I kind of felt like God had spoken to me. Like, like, that's totally true. Like there are people suffering all over the world, but there are girls suffering on your team. And that's why I have you here. And so it just gave me this whole new purpose. And I was able to set aside my emotions for the first time literally in my life when I would fail and just understand like, okay, failure is not in vain. It's an opportunity to be a light to my teammates, to show them like, I care more about them than my failure or to show them that my hope isn't or my joy isn't in my results. So ever since then, I feel like it's kind of, that was the kickstart of having like this missional mindset um, when it came to my faith, because I just wanted to share that. Like, I'm like, I found, you know, like an answer to something that I've been struggling with my whole life. I was always the crier growing up. Like I struck out like so embarrassing, but I couldn't, I couldn't help it. I was so frustrated. And so, um, after that, like I had prayed after college, I had prayed like, God, I want to combine softball and ministry somehow. And that's how I really ended up at Biola. And I had this idea, um, Cause we were trying to like figure out how to get girls to come to camp. And I was, and there are so many showcases happening in Southern California every weekend. And I was really the product of that, like growing up in the church. And then when you're trying to get recruited, it's like, you can't go to church because you're playing. And so I was like, we should just go to where the people already are. And so that's kind of how the idea of church on the dirt was born. And my head coach at the time that I was working under is just a go getter. Like, no, she's like okay you have an idea like let's do it and um, really um, put the wheels on it and it started to go and so we started to go out to tournaments and um, we do like chapel services and go meet with individual teams and just kind of like baseball chapel do 10 15 minute chapels with individual teams and then on Sunday we'll like kind of try to set up like a mini church and play worship music and give messages and so that way people can come like in between, um, game breaks or before and after their game. And they can come here and message on Sunday and like just the whole family can gather and fellowship together. Um, and, um, and then we always end with like praying together and this really all of it when it was just me, like, I, I know that like God was honoring, like my desire to do it, but it really didn't come to life until, I invited some of my USA teammates um, and asked them if they would wanna be a part of it. And then when there was like a team of us um, working together, it just really became like something really special. And so being in ministry with some of my teammates on the Olympic team, it's like unreal um, to get to do that. So yeah, our our mission is just to really be a light in the softball community um, because like I said, like. We've seen just so many girls grow in their relationship with God after college or after they're done with softball because they finally have time or can finally go to church. And so we just don't think that you should have to choose between um, sports and, and God, obviously. And then, you know, even just for the whole family, like the sport becomes the center of the whole family. And you see couples, you know, split up after um, the sport is over. And so we just, we just know that there's something so much bigger going on and we want to try to help heal the softball community, I guess.
2: Yeah. I love it. And then say the website. So if someone's listening to this and they take their kids, I mean, I know a couple of moms have daughters that play softball and I would love for you to share the website so they can check it out.
1: Yeah. It's churchonthedirt.com. And then, we actually have a, an app so you can search Church on the Dirt in the app store. And that way, like we are trying to figure out ways that we can multiply ourselves and be at more tournaments more often. But in the meantime, trying to provide some online content so that way, you know, you can listen to it on the way to the field. Or even if you're at the field, we have a devotional that you can um, buy and share it with your teammates or something like that
2: it's really cool. I'm really proud of you. That it's so awesome. So I hope people jump on that.
0: We should get that going for baseball too. Cause I feel like, you know, with two older boys now, they're in tournaments. Every, well, we're starting up, usually it's already going, but we're in tournaments every weekend and the games are all day Sunday. And so it's like, people don't go to church on Sundays. So that's, that's a really cool idea. We should look into getting baseball involved in that.
3: Yeah. We, we've, you know, we've been talking about it a little bit. It's just, it's been tough, you know, while I'm still playing. And, and I mean, the caliber of players um, that are in this ministry, it would, it would be, you know, they're the, at the top of their sport, you know? Um, so it's it's really powerful to like see the best players in softball um, really leading the charge, um, you know, in Jesus name, as far as like really bringing t- people together for, for something like this. So in baseball, it's not like, not that God can't use me, you know, that's not, that's not my thought, but it, you know, if the equivalent in baseball, it'd be like, you know, Mike Trout and Bryce Harper and, you know, all the best players in the game getting together to do that. That's kind of what it is for softball. And I think that's why it's, um, you know, it's been such a big thing, but yeah, it, it really is cool to see like on Sunday setting up the tent and the chairs and um, you know people funneling in and sitting down for 10 15 minutes and listening to a message so yeah it's definitely something to to be praying about because we've we've definitely thought about it and know that it's happening you know the exact same way in baseball right like people are some tournaments showcases whatever people are unable to to go to church because of because of baseball and another thing too is like we're encouraging You know, we understand the importance of playing tournaments and we want Christian athletes, um, you know, excelling in baseball and going to college and pros. So like you kind of have to play on the weekends, right? Like you don't really have an option right now. So that was sort of the whole thing of like we want we're encouraging that we want we we need more strong Christian athletes, but we also don't want to take families out of church. So we're going to do our best to bring it to them, you know,
2: such a good idea. I love it. All right, I know we're getting, you know, we're running out of time here, but uh, there's two things we want to talk about. Number one, Matt and I talked about this on, in the car earlier. Did you love playing in Oregon because your uniforms were super sweet? <laughs>
0: flag, I mean, of Oregon. Yeah. they're the
2: coolest uniforms in the league, I think.
1: Yeah, no, I loved it. Is
0: that it. why I went there?
1: Yeah, exactly. Actually, like my sophomore year was when Nike really started coming out with softball specific uniforms and it's now that's like the era that you see now so the difference between my freshman year uniforms like boxy not flattering and then the rest of my three years it was pretty awesome to be the first school to like get all of that I think they said um they wouldn't all look good but we had enough uniform combinations so we could wear a different one like every day of the year
3: (laughs) and for me uh, it was kind of the opposite. Don't be too hard uh, <laughs> no, I know. But like <laughs> Nike was in this period where they were, um, you know, Oregon baseball had gotten reinstated Yay! in 2009. So it was a relatively new program. And they had come out with these uniforms, um, you know, sort of the first pass. There was like six or seven. Most of them were like solid, like good-looking uniforms. Not too much, um, simple, um, but good-looking unis. Um, they were like water resistant, you know, so the technology was sort of for the weather. Um, and then Nike got into like this period where they wanted to do in baseball what they were doing in football and it just got too much. Like we were in like skin tight, uh, uniforms with like a bunch of weird colors on our jerseys, you know, not a lot of school colors um like our hats were weird like we had they tried to like innovate everything to make us like super light and agile like we were (laughs) i felt like we were wearing like karate belts at one time (laughs) and so it kind of went in the other direction i think i mean i'm sure you would agree with this like
0: the coach ever say hey we need better our old how did you decide (laughs) what uniform were they telling you what uniform to wear
3: yep pretty much um I mean, it can't be worse than your guys' orange unis, but it was. <laughs> we, got rid of we got rid of the pants. Thank God.
2: <laughs> but uniforms were a big deal.
3: It's crazy though. Like
0: kids really like dig look into that stuff. Like
3: oh, it's big now. And you think about like you think about recruiting now, and and not so much for baseball. But you think about like for football, where you're trying to get the edge in like any way. And these kids, you know, these seniors or juniors are coming on campus and getting to put the uniforms on and do a photo shoot and post it all over their social media, like that's a big deal now in recruiting, you know? And so it, it just, it was too much for baseball. And so it's they,
0: traditional sport.
3: yeah, it's more traditional, you know, I would have taken two well, units, so much we can know. do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so they kind of got weird for a little while and then they got, now they're coming back down to like, all right, like let's go school colors, less uniforms.
1: That's kind of like the other side of being like the guinea pig school. Right. You all know, the newest. They, stuff.
3: Try, they
0: try stuff out on you guys and sometimes it did not go. I got it.
1: No, what
2: like. mm-hmm. my well there were two but i'm gonna just go with this one so what will it take for us to get you guys to move to oklahoma yeah.
3: <laughs> well every uh, time
1: i go to our storage unit i'm like we're moving to oklahoma i need a place to just put all my stuff no
2: <laughs> it would be so fun because you yeah. were the assistant you were the volunteer assistant we talked about this before we started you and matt had similar salaries so Matt's the volunteer assistant <laughs> at Oklahoma State baseball and you are the volunteer assistant at OU Softball, which is a tremendous program. And so um we were just, i was just joking, but it would be really fun to have you guys in Oklahoma. And so you guys are the best.
1: Thank Great you.
0: conversation.
3: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we really
0: appreciate appreciate you guys coming on. We really appreciate it.
3: Yeah. Thanks for having us. We'll definitely let you guys know if we end up in your in your state. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, in our neck of the woods. It'd be fun for sure. Yeah. But no, I really appreciate your vulnerability. Um, it's rare these days, and um, I really think that that's the that's the the stuff that gets people moving in the right direction because they feel like they can do it too. And so, thanks so much for sharing your story. It was awesome.
0: Yeah, you guys have made fans about well, fans of you guys.
2: Yeah, we're fans of you guys. <laughs> we're yeah. fans of you
1: guys too. <laughs> thanks, guys.
2: Thank you guys. Thank
1: you guys. Yeah. Yeah.